0: If you have your Bibles, let's uh, open to Hebrews chapter 13. And this uh, this month, we've been uh, going through an awesome series uh, entitled The Guardian. We've been talking about God's covering and, and, and accountability and, and in all ways, the, how we're blessed with God's covering. Pastor Dan opened it up and uh, talked about God's covering. Our brother Manny then uh, spoke the next week on a parent's protection, the covering that, that uh, children uh, experience in and through their parents as uh, they obey, and, and uh, last week Pastor Bob talked, uh, preached a powerful message on generational covering. So God has been blessing us and challenging us and talking about covering, and we have a responsibility to, uh, to live in the covering. If we want to be covered, we want to experience the blessings that God has for us, we have a responsibility as God's sons and daughters, as His children. Now, what's the definition of accountability? It's, uh, one definition is subject to giving an account. Answerable is another word. A sense of responsibility. Now, as you and I know, accountability, it doesn't come naturally to us. I think by, by nature, uh, we're prideful people. By nature, we're full of pride, and that would tell us and, and try to convince us that we don't need anyone else. That all we need is Jesus, and we don't need anyone else, and that's it. We serve God, we do what we want, we only do what God tells us to do. But when it comes to human relationships, when it comes to those around us, we don't need anyone else. And and that's what pride would try to convince us of. Because by nature, we're prideful. Perhaps we think accountability isn't needed for us because we don't need to answer to another human being. Uh, perhaps some are afraid of, of accountability because uh, of, of, of a fear of exposure, a fear of being found out, a fear of the persona that someone has created of that possibly being shattered. That's another reason why people may run the other direction when it comes to accountability. Whatever the reason, the fact is, is that we have to practice accountability in our lives if we want to be blessed, if we want to fully attain the stature of Christ and what he wants us to be. We're going to have to let this be working in each and every one of our lives, all of us. No one is beyond this. No one is exempt. Tonight's uh, The title t- of tonight's message is Pastoral Accountability and Accountability in God's House. So uh, let's look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, and we're going to look at God's place of pastoral accountability. Hebrews 13, uh, verse 17 Now the Bible says this, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So the Bible says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. I think in many places, this scripture has become unpopular. Even in many op- opinions in Christianity, some may say that this is old-fashioned, that this is, this is outdated, but God's word is never old-fashioned. God's word, each and every scripture, each and every truth in God's word has a place in our lives here and today. The Bible says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. What a heavy responsibility. This is what God's word says about about pastoral work, about your spiritual leaders. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. What a sobering thought. Being accountable to God. Having to give an answer to God. The Bible says, give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now I think of, of my time in serving God, the years that I've been uh, serving God. You know, I've learned many things from, from my pastors. And, and things by observation and through communication and through impartation of spiritual truths Through the lives of the, the men and women that God has placed in my life. I've learned about the importance of forgiveness. I shared this uh, a, quite a few months ago, or maybe a couple months ago, about the area of forgiveness and about the truth of my pastor uh, sharing with me that, 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 Matt, you're the Christian. You're the one that has to be Christ-like, even when it comes to forgiveness. While the whole time I thought that I was the victim, that I thought I would be the recipient of forgiveness. I would be the, the one to ask for forgiveness and, and to forgive someone for hurting me. But there was a responsibility that was spoken into my life, something I'll never forget that, Matt, you are the Christian. You're the one that has to be Christ like. Puts a responsibility on us, on me. That I am accountable for God's word, that God tells me that I have to forgive, I have to learn to forgive. I've learned that from my pastor. I've also learned the importance of prayer and the list goes on and on and I know in your life as well there are many things that you've learned from your pastors and your spiritual leaders. The importance of prayer. This is a cornerstone in our ministry and it should be in all ministries that prayer is something powerful. Prayer should never be something that we get too busy for. On the contrary, the more busy we get, the more things we get involved in, the more we should pray for God's wisdom and direction. The importance of prayer. I remember being a young a young disciple. I remember uh, going to different outreaches. We would go to different churches and and minister through through skits and through plays. And before each and every time we would do that, there would be a time of prayer. And whenever, as a young teenager, I would find myself out of prayer for whatever reason, the pastor would graciously I said graciously but with truth tell me, man, let's be in prayer. We got to be in prayer. We don't believe God to do something powerful, and it's going to come. Through prayer. prayer should be something we always practice in our life that we should never get too busy for. Right. I've learned that through my pastor. I've learned serving with excellence. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing for God, do it with excellence. It's such a testimony in your life. It's a testimony to those around you. One, it's a testimony to the Lord of what he's doing in our life. But so, so if no one ever sees us, you still do it with excellence. But this carries over in our home. It carries over in our life. It carries over in our work, in our school. Every area that we're involved in, we have to serve with excellence, have an excellent spirit no matter what. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. Do you see your job is just a meager job, just a simple job, maybe that that you get frustrated with sometimes? God wants to bless you. God wants to promote you. But where you are, serve with excellence. Whatever you're doing, in whatever way you're employed tonight, do it with excellence. Anything that you set your hand to, do it with excellence. You will be a testimony in this world. Pastoral accountability, there's, the Bible says that there's safety. In Proverbs eleven fourteen. the Bible says this. It says, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. There is safety. There's safety for you you know, the, the enemy, the devil, he's a cunning, a crafty enemy. He's an ancient enemy, one that should not be underestimated. Now, now we have all the power. We are victorious through Christ. We shouldn't fear the devil, but we, we should understand that he is crafty. If he could have Adam and Eve partake of the forbidden fruit, who, they who walked with God personally, who saw God face to face, if he was able to convince them, that God didn't really say that. God didn't really mean that. When they, with their own ears, their own audible ears, they they heard God's audible voice speak to a a command to them, but the enemy still was able to deceive them. How crafty is he? We don't give him any glory, but we understand that he's subtle, that he comes as a serpent. The Bible says he could even come as an angel of light. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety. In having many advisors. There is safety in the leadership that God has placed in your life and in my life. There's also a blessing that we can experience. As we look in our text there in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. It says their work is to watch over your souls. Okay, so that's, that's their commission. That's a commission of the pastors to watch over your souls. They are accountable to God. Okay, we understand that. Give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly, now listen to this, that would certainly not be for your benefit. So if we disobey the leadership that God has placed over our life, that that God has placed in our lives, then it's going to be unprofitable to us. It says there at the end of the scripture, that would certainly not be for your benefit. So on the contrary, if you and I make a decision to obey those that God has placed in our lives, to obey their leadership, to pray for them, to seek a godly counsel when we need that, that it would be profitable and beneficial to our lives because if we don't do it, it's not going to be beneficial. It's going to be unprofitable. But if we do obey, if we do heed their word, if we do heed their direction, if we serve with the righteous heart that God has called us to serve with, then there's going to be a blessing for you and I. There's blessing in it. Now, the enemy doesn't want you and I to be blessed. He's going to try to throw fiery darts at you. That, hey, you're your own person. You don't have to answer to anybody. That's just a man. It's just a woman. You don't have to answer or obey anyone other than Jesus. The Bible says there's blessing in this. Now, I don't know the form of the blessing or how it will come or when it will take place, but I know that it is good. I know that I want to be blessed in my life, and if the Bible's telling me that I need to obey my spiritual leaders and do what they say because their work is to watch over my soul, then I'm going to obey. With God's help, I'm going to obey the instruction that God gives me. And how does that instruction come? First of all, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit impresses things upon us. He speaks to us through, through His Word. He speaks to us over the pulpit through the preaching of God's Word. That's why we have to be in church. We have to be ap- accountable and come to church. It's given through conversation, through instruction, through personal instruction. It's given through exampleship. See, when we're accountable, God allows those He has placed in our lives to help strengthen us and give us direction. We all need direction. There are those times in our lives where we need answers. And as God will speak to us, the Word of God will speak to us. We can see God in His Word first and foremost, but God will use. The leaders that he's placed in our lives to give us direction for our lives. And how many know sometimes we can wait too long to get the direction that we need, right? Sometimes we could put it off for whatever reason. Perhaps, again, as I mentioned, it's pride or it's fear. But we could put these things off. Day, today, or months, or probably years. You know, I was thinking about early detection here in the medical industry, and I, I read this regarding cancer and and early detection. Listen to this. It says, early diagnosis of cancer focuses on detecting symptomatic patients as early as possible so that they have the best chance for successful treatment. When cancer care is delayed or inaccessible, there is a lower chance of survival, greater problems associated with treatment, and higher costs of care. Now, this is in the natural, this is, this is medically speaking, but I think we could relate this to, to our lives. How many times have we let things go on and on and on for whatever reason, and we find that something that was so small and so easy to address, perhaps way back in the day we we've left it untreated, and now it has grown into a mountain, and we feel that it is po- impossible to overcome. Now, one of the areas this can be true in is is Relationships right? In relationships. Husbands and wives, perhaps you have a, 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 a disagreement. Or you may call it an argument, a heated exchange, or whatever you may call it. But you have this, this experience, and, and you can make a decision. You could make a decision to just let it go on and on day after day, and then it, it grows into something. It could grow into bitterness. But we could also do something. We could also say sorry right then and there, but you may say, I'm not in the wrong. It's okay. It doesn't mean you can't say, I'm sorry. Perhaps you let something just, just grow so large and you've just let it go, uh, go so by, for, uh, by so long for whatever reason that perhaps you even forgot what the initial offense was about. How, how many times has that happened to us? That I'm mad at that person. Well, why are you mad at them? Well, I forgot why I'm, I don't like them. I forgot why I'm mad at them. See, you let it go on for so long. Early detection. Perhaps you're going through something in your life. Understand that the people God's placed in and around you, they're there for for your benefit. See, this whole topic of accountability is for your benefit, it's for my benefit. It's for you. It's so that you could be spiritually healthy. It's so that you could live each day as God desires you to live, not, not burdened down with unforgiveness or worry or, or fear or, or turmoil or torment, all because you're going through it alone because you haven't said anything about it. God has placed leaders there in front of you, around you, to help you, to pray for you. Early detection is so important, and it blesses us so much if we detect something early. God's leaders are there to pray for us. James 5, 14 through 16, it says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. See, it says the Lord will make you well, but it's talking about having the elders come and pray for you. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. That's good news tonight, right? Man, that's good news. If you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. It gets better. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Thank you, Jesus. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know what we see here in this scripture? We see community. We see togetherness. We see the importance of having other people around you to pray for you, to help you, to to confess to, to talk to. This is not a solo mission. We're all in this together. We all want to cross that finish line. We all want to enter heaven. We all want to live the abundant life. And it comes through accountability. It comes through taking advantage of all that God's placed in and around us. God's leaders are there to pray for you, to pray for us. They're also there to correct us when it's needed. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen is iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. There's friction sometimes. You know the growth process is difficult sometimes. It doesn't feel good. You ever heard of growing pains, right? When we're, when we're growing, when God has us growing, it, sometimes it's, it's hurtful, sometimes it's difficult, but God helps us. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Think of it like this, have you ever broken an arm, a finger, a toe, or with well, a toe it's, it's said that uh, you really can't cast up a toe uh, too well, but uh, a, an ankle or a leg, right? What do you do? You go to the doctor so that they could, they could set it and they could cast it up right so that it can grow correctly. Uh, last week I was in the back with, there with, uh, with Pastor Bob and Pastor Bernie and, and there was a, he was talking about an athlete named Marcellus Wiley uh, who just, one of his trademarks, he has a finger that's really, I guess he had injured it at one time but he never corrected it, he never fixed it so when he's talking or doing anything, you know, one of his fingers is, is just going this way. I was going to pull up a picture, but uh, it's, it's a little graphic. But if you're into it and you want to see it, Marcellus Wiley, you can look it up and check it out. Do it after church, okay? Marsalis Wiley. But, but things have to grow straight. They have to grow correctly. And that's the purpose of getting things in order and correcting them. If we don't, then the growth can be affected and our lives will be affected. See, we're blessed when we submit ourselves to headship and their authority and covering. Thank you, Jesus. So pastoral accountability is so important in our lives, but it doesn't just stop there. Uh, There's also accountability to our church family, to to one another here in the house of God, personal accountability. Now, those who serve in love are there to help be guardians one to another in the body of Christ. Now, listen to this scripture, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, a powerful scripture. The Bible says this, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Again, it's talking about one another, right? The body of Christ, us, together. It's saying, help help, uh, motivate one another to acts of love and good works. See, we're in it together. We're all in this thing together. We have to stick together. We have to serve God together. So motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And It goes on to say in Hebrews 10, 25, anyone that says church and being in church physically is not important, listen to this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So don't neglect meeting together. It's important that I see your face. You encourage me when I see you here in the house of God. You encourage me when I, when I, I see you in your ministry. It shows me that God is still real in your life, and you're encouraging me to go on When I see uh, the ushers in their place and serving God with a smile, it encourages me. When I see the worship team up here, it encourages me. It blesses me. When I see you there in your seats here at church, it encourages me. It blesses me. See, we're all in this together, so we have a responsibility. We have an accountability to one another as a body of Christ. When you're not here, it's not the same. Never think that they're they're, they're not going to miss me. It doesn't matter if I'm there or not. That's not true. You're so vital. You're so important to many. As a reference point, you're encouraging many others just by being here, by being accountable. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Something powerful and encouraging that takes place when you and I, Understand that we're accountable to one another. See, the relationships we have here in God's house are to be based on love. For we we're brothers and sisters in Christ. John 15:17, the Bible says this, This is my command, love each other. So when, we have, when it comes to having accountability with one another, right, with each other, understand that the purpose is not to hold authority and rule over someone's head just because, but it's for our, uh, our profit and our benefit. So again, any topic when it comes to accountability, don't think it's just so someone can be above you because you have to answer to someone. It's not about that. It's because we love one another. It's because I want to see you make it into heaven. I want to see you experience all that God has for you. I want to see it. And I know that as you're here, each and every service, each and every day, day in and day out serving God, you're pursuing that. See, it's based on love. God can use our lives powerfully. You know, there, there are many throughout the years that have, that have come and they've served God with us here and for, for whatever reason, they've, we don't see them anymore. But God can use your life. Perhaps pick up the phone, encourage them out of love. Not, hey, where you been? Why aren't you in church? No, but out of love. <laughs> I'm concerned for you. Is everything okay? Can we pray together? Anything happened, you know, I haven't seen you in church, but again, or, or perhaps you haven't seen them for a long time, but they come back to church. What's your response to them? It should be to greet them with open arms, right? Do we remember the story of the prodigal son, what the father did, right? He could have judged. He could have came down on his son, and he could have just rebuked him. And he would have been in the right, but no, he, he ran to meet him. He opened up his arms, so church, let us always remember that we should have open arms whenever people come back to church, whenever, for, whenever they come back. We don't understand what they went through to get through those doors. Right, right. We don't understand. We don't realize that. I know the enemy's opposing people from coming into the house of God. And it may have been just a crazy uphill battle for them to even physically walk through those doors. So when they walk in, love them, encourage them. People want to be loved. They want to be received. This is my command. Love each other, John 15, 17. Personal accountability is also based on honesty. Ephesians 4, 25, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth for we all are all parts of the same body. The truth. Speak the truth, but the truth in love. Motivated in love with a loving heart. We know what honesty is, right? I'll tell you what, kids know what honesty is. Kids know what brutal honesty is. <laughs> You've been in that place, right? They tell you the truth. Uh, there's, a, there's a young man, a young student named Frankie, and he had to finish, and there's a picture up there, he had to finish uh, this, uh, this form, uh, this question. I earn money at home by, and fill in the blank, I earn money at home by, I don't, I am a freeloader. He was an honest kid. Frankie's a real honest kid. Uh, what about kids imagining life at age 40? Man, this is discouraging for me, but here we go. Here's what a, a nine-year-old Rita said. I am 40. I have wrinkles and gray hair, and I would have a walking stick to help me walk. Man. Jennifer at age, she says, I am 40. I am turning old. I just left work because I cannot manage going up and down hills. I know I will die soon. Goodness. <laughs> Kids are honest. We have to be honest with one another, but the truth in love, church. Be an example. Speak the truth. Don't lie. Be honest, but speak the truth in love. Being accountable also means taking responsibility for our actions. You know, there's a list here that I read about things that you'll never hear an accountable, uh, accountable person Say, and I think this, this applies to all areas of life. I think they're at work could, in ministry, it could have a, a great impact. So, here are things you won't hear an accountable person saying I don't have a choice. They won't say that. An accountable person, a responsible person, won't say this There's nothing I can do about it. An accountable person will not say, I'm the victim. You will also not hear them say, It's not my fault and they shift the blame. You won't hear an accountable and responsible person say, it's not my job. Also, they will not say, if I only had more time, for they make the best out of each moment of the day. You won't hear them say, they need to change. You won't hear them say, can you fix this? Because an accountable person activates their strength to solve problems. See, if we're accountable, if we're responsible, we can take these things on, and we can, with God's help and with God's strength, we can make a change in our world. See, accountability should be looked at as an asset in our lives, not a liability. It should be looked at something that we profit from, that, we're, that we benefit from. That God, how, what are the areas in my life that I could be accountable, that I should be accountable for? The areas that no one knows about that God, I need your help in. See, it's a blessing to be accountable. Something that will bless us and not uh, that will bless us and prosper us. As the worship team makes their way up, uh, Colossians chapter three verse thirteen. See, I think many people are afraid of accountability again because of, of fear and. They think they may be found out, and this person's not going to think of me the same anymore, and and I'm just going to go ahead and and, uh, not ever ask for help or for prayer or for anything because um, I don't want to affect the way anyone sees me. But look what the Bible says here in Colossians 3.13. It says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others see i believe if we all take this attitude in our lives if we all take this scripture on here in colossians if we understand that we need to make allowance for other people's faults i think it'll help us all to be accountable to one another as god's called us to be accountable but it's only when we don't obey this scripture and and we don't give allowance for anyone's faults as we don't take heed to this scripture and then we don't give allowance for anyone's faults, there is no grace in our lives, we put ourselves on a pedestal and we think we're better than other people, we think that we've never made a mistake and we make them feel that way, then no wonder people don't wanna be accountable. Because why? They think that they're gonna be judged because they're afraid of your harsh and my harsh opinion and my opinion on, on, on who they are and what they've done. See, if we walk in pride and we act in pride and we think ourselves better than the person next to us, it's going to affect their growth. It's going to affect our growth because we're not walking in humility. But if we all can embody this scripture to make allowance for each other's faults, not to stamp approval on sin and living a life of sin because that that would not be gospel, but to understand that people are people that without Christ, we're weak and, and we're trying our best each and every day to just make it into the kingdom, to be the, the, the follower that God's called us to be, to get through the inner turmoil. And, and you know where I'm coming from. I, I experienced this. I know you experienced this. We all do our best to just make it through the day and to serve God as he's called us to serve him. That's the truth. No one's perfect in here. Man, we need God's grace and his help. I thank God that he's made allowance for my faults. I'm grateful to Jesus for his his grace in my life. He could have snuffed me out years ago and he would have been justified. But God's a graceful God. He's given me a chance. He believes in me. He's pleased when when I come into his house and I worship him. He knows who I am. He knows the way I think sometimes, and he knows what I've done. But still, he makes allowance. And he says, no matter what, I still love you. Come on back. Come to the altar, man. Make it right. Ask for my forgiveness, and, and I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to give you the strength to change. See, that's the attitude that Jesus has for me. That's the attitude that he has for you. And that's the attitude that we should have for one another not to approve their sin, not to approve, you know, sin, because we don't. We, we have to strive for righteousness, but we understand people fall, people make mistakes, and by God's grace, they get through this world. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. See, accountability is something we should all have working in our lives. So let's not fear. Let's not be afraid of being accountable. Let's not be prideful because God is a gracious God and he desires that we would have life and life in abundance. And when we're convinced that we're only in this and doing this for ourselves and by ourselves, it's not gonna work. We're in it together. God has placed our pastors, our leaders over us. He's placed one another around us as a body of Christ to strengthen us, to pray for us, to encourage us and to root us on God already knows you and I and yet he loves us isn't that good news man he knows you he knows your good days and your bad days but he still loves you he saw has a plan for you that's the blessed news of the gospel and as we all take on that attitude of Christ of making allowance For others' shortcomings, for forgiving other people because God forgave us. I believe he's going to help us all to be accountable. So always understand that God has placed pastoral accountability in in our lives for our blessing. And also those around us, our friends, our family, those cheering us on in the kingdom. It's all for our benefit. So let's take advantage of what God's placed around us. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight as we pray.